All right, hello guys. Welcome to another episode of Lumia Sports. I'm your host, Demetrius Mason. Joined again by Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And joined again by Don. Triple D's. All right, and last night, an exciting night of basketball. Ten games on TV, a lot of them going down to the buzzer. A lot of them going to last-second finishes. Um, but let's start with one of the few blowouts, the Magic Beat the Knicks 107-89. Man, right after Julius Randle had 42, he came right back with 25 points, but it was not enough as they really just didn't really get a lot of that production normally get from the bench. Obi Toppin's out there at minus 17 off the bench. Quickly, 1 for 12. D-Rose, 1 for 10. They were both minus 15 or worse out there. And for the Magic, Terrence Ross, this game, he just caught fire. 30 points, 10 for 16 off the bench, plus 22. Darnell, what would you see out of this one? Yeah, for the Knicks, the bench struggles, was it was pretty awful. Uh, you look at Emmanuel quickly, 1 for 12 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3. He had 9 points because he was 7 of 7 from the free throw line. Derrick Rose is 1 for 10 from the field. Neither one of those can buy a shot. Not, you know, the 44 that he had the previous game, but Julius Randle with a solid 25 and 7. Not too bad, but anytime you don't get that contribution from either your starters or the bench, the Knicks, you know, they're an average team, so they're going to have their struggles. You know, looking at Orlando, Vucevic, he's always a steady contributor out there, 16 and 16, 19 from Fournier, and you got 30 off the bench from Terrence Ross, and that's the biggest difference right there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tom, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, you know, the starters, they pretty much, you know, more or less equaled each other in points. The the, the Knicks might have had, like, a little more from their offense. But if one man on Orlando going to have more points than the entire bench of the Knicks, then, I mean, you know, that's not going to help them out at all. And then we said it before. And he right back again, 10 minutes plus 16. He, hey, man, he might he might be opening up Terrence Ross, too. Like, you know, he might be like like just his presence out there. You kind of have to watch him because he is athletic and he is tall as shit. So, you know, and he can shoot three a little bit enough. He didn't take any, but, you know, maybe Mo Bama being out there can also help, you know, Terrence Ross be able to open up his game a little bit too so and i didn't even peep but michael carter williams is back too now um cole anthony didn't play but now they're a little healthier at least when michael carter williams back so that should be helpful for them going forward and um al Farouk aminu i don't think he's been playing all season either so this they're slowly but surely getting a little healthier yeah, slowly but surely is right. If they don't start playing with Bomb, I'm going to get mad. They only played him 10 minutes, obviously. Like you said, he was a plus 16, but, hey man, either play him 20-plus minutes or send him to L.A. Doing the yeah. Stop robbing the people of what we need. Send him right to L.A., bro. Fuck Orlando. <laughs> that, man got a, that man got a top 10 song about him, bro. Send him right to L.A. <laughs> He's earned it. He has. And so moving on, the Jazz beat the Clippers 114 to 96. Um, no Kawhi Leonard, no Paul George, but their most important player, Pat Bev, was there. He tried. Um, gave him all the defense, 23 minutes. He was a minus two, but they really just didn't have scoring production. Lou Williams, six of 18. Um, they were very good in the first half, had the lead, but they couldn't hold on as for the Jazz. Rudy Gobert, 8 for 12, 23 points, 20 rebounds. He just went crazy like he's been doing. I'm against weak centers in, in this year. And uh, yeah. 9 for 22, 24 points, 7 assists. Um, Jordan Clarkson, 7 for 23. Uh, Dom, what would you see out there? Something that's curious, something that interests me. You probably see it. Niang, two for nine, plus 24, highest, well, second highest plus minus on the team. I wonder how that worked. I didn't watch it, but I wonder how that came about. But, I mean, you know, the Clippers didn't have much out there. And then, you know, Utah is not a team that's going to play around with their food. 
you know, they're they're there. They saw the W and they took it and they ain't fucking around. So I mean, if they're gonna have no offense from, you know, if they're if, if Paul George and, and and Kawhi are both gonna be missing, I think Utah probably still wouldn't won anyway. But like, if if their two best scorers aren't gonna be there, then there's really nothing they can do. Luke Kennard wasn't even there either. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, for me, for the Clippers, anytime you don't have a Kawhi Leonard, you don't have a Paul George, you're relying on a guy like Lou Williams to carry you in scoring. And if he's going to go six for 18 from the field and you got a guy that comes off the bench in Zubak, who's been giving you some good production in the last game against the Heat that they won without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, those are two guys that came up big. One's a minus eight, the other's a minus 14, uh, the, a minus 16, excuse me. And that's just not going to get it done. So no big no big takeaways from the Clippers. Obviously, their two biggest stars are out, plus Luke Kennard. So the Jazz doing what they normally do. They didn't get great shooting from Donovan Mitchell or Jordan Clarkson from the field, but if Rudy Gobert is going to – give you a 2020 game and you get 14 from Joe Ingles, 18 off the bench from Clarkson. So it's enough just to beat a beat, a beat up Clipper team. I want to know what Niang did out there. <laughs> I really do. Why the <laughs> fuck was his plus minus so high? Right place, right time, man. Sometimes it's just something. Definitely didn't score. Definitely didn't do anything. And we know he doesn't play defense, but anyway, I'm mean, moving on. Um, the Sixers end up beating the Rockets 118 113. Game wasn't really as close to score indicates as they came out and blitzed them from the beginning. I think the Sixers were up 69 or three and a half. But of course, if the Rockets aren't going to have Christian Wood and they're not going to have Victor Oladipo, this is just kind of what you're going to see happen. Um, John Wall tried 11 for 24. 28 points, seven assists. It really all he had, DeMarcus Cousins, six of 12. But they just didn't really have enough, honestly, to beat this team tonight. As for the Sixers, Joel Embiid, 31 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists. We continue to see him being a better passer. They have six turnovers. Great game for him. Uh, Seth Curry, three for five from deep with 25 points. Danny Green, four or six from deep. And we know if those two are hitting, that's just what they're going to do. Maxi at 10 as well off the bench and Cork Miles at plus 14. I don't believe in that number. But anyway, um, <laughs> what did you see out there? Yeah, the Sixers starters just came out on fire, especially in B, 31 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists. Said his back was out there hurt the entire game. Still put out a great performance. You got 25 from Seth Curry. Carrying these niggas. <laughs> 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 you got 30, 25 from Seth Curry, 24 from Tobias Harris. You know, Tobias Harris has been playing great as, as of late. And the Rockets with no Victor Oladipo out there, that takes away from their bench. Their starters, wasn't they They were decent out there, but didn't put out enough to beat Houston. I mean, beat Philly tonight. So not really surprised at the outcome. I think Houston's struggling right now. I think this is seven straight for them, seven straight losses, probably all without Christian Wood. So until they get him back, they're going to be a struggling team. So, Darnell, <clears throat> did you watch the pregame show at all? No, I didn't see it. Because me and I watched Demetri the beginning of the game, but I didn't see the pregame show. Yeah, so me and Demetrius were watching the pregame show, right? And, you know, you already know who was there for, like, the, the first time, you know. His back hurt worse than Embiid from carrying the fucking whole network. So, you know, Stephen A was there. He was, you know, bringing life to the show. Then he was gone for one minute. He was gone for one minute. And that one minute he gone, the first thing I hear is MVP candidate Tobias Harris. <laughs> one, of the, one of the ESPN analysts really sat there and called Tobias Harris the MVP candidate. Then they brought him in for an interview, and then they asked him, do you feel like you've been having the best season this year? I was like, bro, what? 
<laughs> like, what the hell? It'd be different, bro. It'd be different if the MVP wasn't right there on his team. <laughs> right. Like, what is he supposed to say? <laughs> Knowing that he's the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> but um, past that, you know, Tobias did have a good game last night, furthering his MVP candidacy. Wait, wait. Uh, on some real shit, on some real shit. Tobias Harris or Paul George? For M- who's a higher MVP candidate? Paul George. Paul George? Yes. I would say Paul George because you can't really take away what Ben Simmons is doing from the, with the Sixers. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah, but anyway, back to the game. Yeah, Houston didn't have nobody. Um, we need us going in. The game did wind up five points, but they were down by 20 the entire game. John Wall, John Wall has been playing great. And DeMarcus has even been playing great. Even Eric Gordon's been playing really good, like, this season. But they just can't do it if everybody going to keep getting hurt. Oladipo was hurt, and Christian Woods hurt for, you know, the foreseeable future. So, you know, they can't beat – they're not going to beat the best team in the East if they don't have their best player and, like, their third or fourth best player. So, yeah, this is what that came down to. Yeah, they came out hot. Cousins always tries at the very beginning. Normally gives them points, but just not something you can consistently do anymore. And then the Sixers just started hitting a bunch of threes in the second quarter. And that was that. I mean, everyone was hitting out there. It was pretty crazy. Um, so nice win for the Sixers to pick it back up. I think they had lost three straight before that. So even without Simmons, a good win for them. Another tough loss for the Rockets. They dropped to 11 and 17. Um, hey, man. Next up, let's go here. The Grizzlies end up beating the Thunder 122-113. Um, in this one, Shayles Alexander came back, 22 points, assist for him, but it wasn't enough with no Al Horford and no George Hill. Maladon did come back, and he had 14 as well for them. They got 21 from the scout for the bench, but it wasn't enough. Diallo, 6-9, not great shooting from him. They tried. They shot a bunch of threes. They made 19-41, but it just wasn't enough. Um, for the Grizzlies, Grayson Allen, 6 of 10 from deep, 22 points uh, for him. Dylan Brooks, 17. Valanciunas, 22 and 12. And really, Ja kind of played the game that Alexander Deshea wishes he could play. He just didn't have as much talent in this event. But Ja, 15 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists. Um, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, the Grizzlies, they got balanced scoring under their starters. Normally, you know, this is the way that they play. You haven't seen John Morant put up, you know, the the high scoring games because the other guys are getting involved. He's getting his assists. He had 12 with only three turnovers. That's great out of him. They got 12 off the bench from Brandon Clark. And that was enough to beat Oklahoma City. Even though Shea was back, they're still missing their second best player with Al Horford out. Still no George Hill. So, not enough for Oklahoma City. Memphis got it done tonight. Yeah, exactly. Dom, what did you see on this one? Um, yeah, so, I mean, really, they, these two are basically like this. They, they're the same teams with the same situations going, situations going on. Memphis is obviously more of a playoff team, but both of them are just teams that fight and they fight through injuries, and people get keep getting hurt, and they keep winning games in spite of people getting hurt. So really, what it and, and they get equal production out of everybody on the team because neither team really. Well, Memphis just employs a bunch of the same people, and then OKC they employ different types of people, but they don't employ anybody bad. But really, what it came down to is you know, although the scoring was split up on both teams, Memphis had one more twenty point score. Than the, uh, than the than the Thunder had. Like, Shea, Shea and Muscala each had 20, and Baisley had almost 20. And then Valley had 22, Grayson Allen had 22, Kyle Anderson had 20, and then Dylan had almost 20. So they just had one more 20-point score, and that's all it came down to. Yeah, so if you, you imagine if Al Horford was probably out there it might have been a lot closer game. Yeah. And maybe Oklahoma City would have had enough to win, but without them out there, 
they don't have enough. Yeah, I, I think they're winning the game um, without Horford out there. Uh, but, you know, a tough game for them, another, another tough loss. They always fight, but, yeah. Is it tough? This is good for them. This is the best thing that can happen for them. It's tough for the people on the court. No, it's good for Mm. If they're just gonna fight all the time, you don't want to keep losing. Uh, uh, it, build, it builds character, and then you get a high draft pick. I fuck with it. Anyway, um, moving on. Now, this is where everything gets a little tighter from last night. Um, <laughs> the Hawks beat the Celtics one twenty two one fourteen. Because, of course, this guy, as soon as I pick against him, he has 40 points, eight assists. Trey Young went crazy, 14 from 20 from the field. We haven't seen that kind of production. Not efficiency from the field goal. Shooting range all season from him, eight for eight from the free throw line. Clint Capella, 24 points, 13 rebounds as well, 10 to 13 shooting. Collins had 20 as well. I mean, we kind of fought back through a bench that couldn't do anything because the Celtics bench couldn't do anything either other than Peyton Pritchard, who had 5'11 off the bench with 11. Don't really do much. Jason Tatum, 35 points, six assists, six rebounds, 11 for 21 out there. But again, no Kemba Walker. And Jalen Brown couldn't pick up the slack. Six of 20 from the field, 22 points, a minus 10. He did have seven assists, but he also had five bouncers out there hacking people. Um, Dom, what'd you see in this one? I know I was hypercritical of him when he came back, but I really do see like why Kemba is necessary because without him the only problem when he's there is that either he's bad or one or the other two are bad but the thing is like you you see how the team is they're just so liable to do dumb shit all game (laughs) all they do is shoot the ball like like really they they don't go to the basket at all all they do is shoot so it's just like and it's it's um it's actually amazing how many foul calls they get for the fact that they really don't drive that often, like, but you know, it just came down to Boston didn't have a third score and they really just don't have any point guards outside of Kemba. Like, I still think that if made available, they should trade Kemba for Vooch because Vooch, for one, is less injury prone. And two, he can offset the um, offensive production that they're missing from Kemba because that's really all they need. And I don't think the point guard would matter as much. But, you know, they just need they need a third scorer. And the problem with them is that both of them, Jason and Jalen, are both inconsistent in their own ways. Like Jason will put up six, then go put up 35. And then Jalen can do the same shit. Like, Jalen's more consistent, but he's just as liable to do the same shit. But when it came down to Atlanta, you know, they can't play defense without Marcus. Their defense is horrendous. So I was like, like, this is why I picked against them last game. Again, like, I just have no – I have no faith in this team. This team really is awful. Because outside of Jason and Jalen and, like – and like Pritchard, there really isn't any talent here. <laughs> like Tristan's cool. I mean, I guess. Oh, Tice didn't even play either. So they even have their. They even have another center. Yeah, this was just. They just didn't have the, the people for it. And obviously, they're just not going to win no games without Marcus. Like Marcus really is everything for this team. But you know, Capella had a good game with twenty four and thirteen. Um, Trey went out there with his 40 and 8. John Collins went out there at 20, which you know that probably that probably made Atlanta smile before they get ready to trade him. So <laughs> and then Cam Reddish, he was a plus 14, but he he went one for two, but he hit the important he hit the most important three of the night. So well Trey Trey hit a bunch of important ones too. But Cam Reddish hit like the one that kind of like sealed the deal. So you know. It really, Atlanta just had more players. And if neither of them are going to play defense, at least Atlanta has a little more scoring power than Boston has without without Kemba out there. Yeah, throwing that over your thoughts. And for Atlanta, I think they got the full array of Trey Young and his skill set on display. 
you get 40 points, you get eight assists. He made four threes. You go eight from eight from the free throw line. That's a perfect Trey Young game. That's exactly what you're looking for. You don't want the eight turnovers, obviously, but that's part of his game. You're, you got to take the good with the bad sometimes. You got the good production out of John Collins that you like to see. Clint Capella, normally a good, you know, supporting cast player. He pitched in his 24, got you 13 rebounds for an offensive end. That's good to see. And I think having Gallinari out there for them, that's another depth piece for them coming off the bench that can give them scoring. I don't think Tony Snell's been playing a lot this year, but if he can give you some minutes coming off the bench, that just shores up the bench until you can get DeAndre Hunter and kind of your lineup can, you know, get back to normal. And for Boston, without Marcus Smart, Dice, and Walker, they're going to struggle because obviously we know they don't have a lot of talent on the roster as is. So having a guy like a Robert Williams have to play 19 minutes, you know, have to rely on Naismith and Pritchard to give you 20 minutes each. That's a lot to ask with the young Grant Williams because we know those are inexperienced guys and they don't have a lot of, you know, they haven't shown a lot in the league so far. So asking them to do a lot against playoff teams or teams with playoff aspirations, you're going to put a lot on their plate. So I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum obviously are going to have to carry them if Kimba's going to be out for an extended period of time. But Kimba's somebody that's going to be crucial for them to get over this hump. And if he doesn't, you know, have some, some sort of resurgence, I think Boston is going to either have to, A, make a move at the deadline or, B, watch themselves be an early exit in the playoffs. Before before we end with Boston, I just want to say this. You know, throughout the years, throughout like this decade, Boston's got a lot of high praise, of, you know, f- via their front office, their coaching staff. The people were talking like Boston might be the most well-run organization in the league. Danny Ainge might be the best GM in the league. Brad Stevens might be the best coach in the league. You know, things like that. But look, when you're looking at it now, they've made some really bad decisions. <laughs> like, they oh, yeah. really, really, why why we said they're so good was because they swindled a stupid team who, uh, uh, again, even though it might work now, even though they might get a, even though, let's say they get a, let's say the, the Nets win the ring this year and next mm-hmm. year, then they're gun. They're still gonna suck in like, in, in in like five years. And Houston has all those picks, so like, yeah. so like it's that's the same thing. Like the Nets, they were a playoff team for like the first three years before you know everybody retired. So mm-hmm. like, so like Boston still had all those picks, and Brooklyn was really terrible for like, for like a good amount of that time, and they got two top three picks. And and they used them. Not only did they get two top three picks, but they also swindled uh, the seventy six uh, Colangelo at the time when they when they traded from one to three, got the player they already wanted, and got an extra pick. So they ju- they were just swindling dumb people. <laughs> and then, but the decisions they've made outside of that, outside of like the trades have been bad they've made some bad free agency decisions and like i understand that you know kemba in theory is is supposed to be better than terry rogier but when you know when you pay him all that money and you and it's not even that it's that you saw what terry rogier was capable of and he was disgruntled with the kyrie irving situation and if you're gonna have to pay kemba a max and give up your entire depth, then that's what's going to happen. Because if he's not going to be here, then, you know, it's going to be a struggle. I know they just made the Eastern Conference Finals last year, but just imagine if, if they kept Terry. And Terry proved to work with Jalen and Jason because he was right there when they made the Eastern Conference Finals the other time. So you keep him, 
you keep him on a budget and then you're able to sign other people as well. Then you know what I mean? Like they, they really fumbled. Probably would have been able to keep with that. They might as well just kept Terry at this. Huh? Probably would have been able to keep Gordon Hayward. Well, I don't know if his contract still was huge too. So I don't know if they necessarily want to keep him as well, but either way, they could, they could have, they, they would just have more cap space to do something. And now they're in the position that they're in because they have no cap space. I think they have a trade exception. I think it's like $28 million or something, something like that that they can use. But I don't know if there's a $28 million player out there that's going to make them that much better that they need unless they make a move. Yeah, that's still not going to make – that's still not going to move the needle. I don't see one out there for them that they can really, really improve and really give them a chance to make it to the finals. Yeah, and the other thing is with Brad Stevens – when everybody was like, you know, hailing him as the next, as the next great coach and everything like that, it's he's starting to get a little exposed because he really don't do that much out there. He just really, it really was just Jason and Jalen developing and being great. Hey, like, I don't know if he had much to do with that, honestly. I think you could say he had yes. a lot to do with the IT team. I feel like he just instills the confidence to shoot, but now everyone shoots, and that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of what Kerr did, but, you know, Kerr also – No, it's not what him. Kerr – what? what the hell? No, I'm saying – it's similar. It's similar. I'm saying, like, Kerr, Kerr brought in the ball the ball movement, you know, that, 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 that the Warriors were lacking, but he also went out there and he instilled the confidence, and he, gave, he kind of gave everybody – the green light. Steph and Clay had already been called by their last coach the best backcourt of all time. The best shooting backcourt of all time. Uh, well, I don't know about confidence. He installed the he installed the passing and the movement and the cuts. Two things both yeah. not do at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say he definitely he definitely unlocked Draymond. Yeah, yeah. If he did anything. Well, he played him, so that's a good way to unlock some pies. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's, I, but what's I don't think I don't think Draymond would have had, but he still wasn't playing the same role under Mark Jackson that he was under Steve Kerr. Like he wasn't passing the ball, and they wasn't running the offense through him. Well, nah. Yeah. Before we leave, again, they still had they still had David Lee at the time, so. You know, it really was David Lee getting hurt that unlocked it all because Draymond had to play at that point. Right. Before I move on, I just want to say Jalen Brown doesn't play defense. Um, that's all I'd say on that. He's a fake <laughs> And I've watched him get torched by everyone. So Marcus Smart really is – he is basically the equivalent to Josh Richardson, what Josh Richardson was to Ben Simmons last year. It's like, man, he's such a good – But Jalen can score. That's the difference. <laughs> Big difference. But he didn't last night. So, no, last night he was Josh Richardson. And moving <laughs> on, the Warriors in overtime beat the Heat 120 to 112. Even without Draymond Green, overcame uh, the Heat. Bam out of bio, 24 points, seven assists, five rebounds, but a minus 20 out there as he just couldn't deal with small ball lineups. Andre Godala probably was more of the issue, minus 19. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, 19 points on 7 on seven to 14 shooting. Um, Precious Achua tried. He was a plus 17 out there, 6 to 7, but they just couldn't overcome it. It's Andrew Wiggins, plus 25. 8 for 16 out there, 4 or 9 from deep. Ubre as well, great game from 9, 15. Um, four for seven from deep, 23 points. And they overcame eight for 25 from Steph. But, hey, everyone knew Steph had to shoot the ball. 25 points, 11 assists, seven rebounds for him. He was still a plus eight out there. And Bazemore, 26, eight off the bench as well, 10, 19. Everyone just played crazy against this team that does not play defense. Darnell, what would you see out there? Yeah, for the Warriors, it was simple. Um, Steph didn't have it really going offensively. He did make the shots when he needed to, but they got scoring out of Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre played a, a great game for them, 23-8. and eight. Got you three steals as well. 23 from Andrew Wiggins. 
those are the type of games that you want from both of those guys. You don't expect them to be on the same night, but that's the type of offense that they're looking for, especially with Clay out. And Bazemore came off the bench. Biggest difference. He gave you 26. He was a real. He was a really instrumental in the end of the fourth quarter and going into overtime to kind of put Miami away. And for Miami, you like to see Jimmy Butler be a little more aggressive offensively. His shot wasn't going, but you like to see him, you know, get to the free throw line. You know, he was didn't get there once. Kendrick Nunn was okay. He got you 19, but he was a minus four out there. He missed a potential game-winning floater on the baseline at the end of the fourth quarter. Had a wide open Bam out of bio, but he missed him. Bam, 24 points, seven or five rebounds, seven assists. Nice game for him, but you like to see him get a little more rebounds than that. Don't know how in the world Tyler Hero had 15 defensive rebounds, but he gave you 11 points. <laughs> but it's it's just still not enough. You like to see them get, you know, they just need they just needed a little more. They had the game won, but defensively, too many breakdowns. Nobody to guard Steph Curry, and they ended up losing the game. Yeah, Tom, what were your thoughts? I ain't gonna lie, I was kind of bro. I was mad when I saw this because you really did say that. <laughs> If you saw that Draymond wasn't playing, he was picking to eat. I, was, I definitely told you. I was like, bro, I don't care if he, I don't care if he playing or not. I'm not picking this team against Golden State. I don't believe in them at all. Miami's just not good no more. Like they just they they don't play defense. That really is what it comes down to. They don't play no defense, and unless Jimmy or, or Tyler is going to be an explosive scorer. They just uh, or Duncan or even like I don't know it's, it, like they they all put up decent points like Bam Tyler was three of fifteen I wouldn't say that's decent oh uh, uh, I even peep oh uh, well, Tyler gonna shoot three for fifteen I guess they were just lock I guess Golden State was just locking down or, or Tyler was just having one of the nights that he's capable of having Jimmy wasn't much better six of fifteen um Duncan. Five of 12, three of 10 from three, but they really did. Steph had an awful shooting night. Like, not even from, like, you know, Steph's normally one of the most efficient players in the league, and he really shot eight for 25, five of 20 from three, and they still lost. I mean, would you expect Uber? Normally, Uber and Wiggins don't both give you 25 23 on 9 of 15 and 8 of 16 shooting normally it's one or the other it's normally Wiggins but you know other times it's Ubre but you know really though it had nothing to do with them too it had everything to do with that dude on the bench Ken Bazemore coming out there with 26 he ain't done that in like years so like you know that was another contribution so they just had a bunch of you know twenty point scores and like I said with the Grizzlies versus the versus the uh, what's it called the Grizzlies versus the Thunder, they just had more twenty point scores than them, and then Pascal gave them a nice little eleven, and um yeah I just I peeped though like who was the center out there was it Ubre or was it Juan <laughs> who's the center they don't need one <laughs> answer they never <laughs> needed one I see. yeah. Steve, Steve Kerr really made centers non-existent. <laughs> I think even with Draymond out there, they got like one guy over six seven. Yep. Yeah. Well, Uber is also six seven, but yeah. Yeah, Wiggins is too, but that's as tall as they are. Like that's the tallest players on the team. Oh yeah. Well, oh Pascal six six. Damn. <laughs> His team is just short as hell. Like, well, they're well. Yeah, Golden State's the reasons that centers, Golden State's the reasons that centers kind became extinct anyway. So, not extinct, but he definitely made it them less valuable. I say two centers are right in the MVP race right now. I know, I know, I know. And then Go Bears right there too, being a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. But you know, that's all I gotta say about this game. I don't have anything else. All right, cool. Thanks, man. All right, man. And moving on to these close games, um, the Bulls end up beating the Pistons 105-102. Pistons had a 20-point lead at halftime, but scored only 12 points in the third quarter. 
as they let the entire lead evaporate very fast and let the Bulls win. Jamari Grant tried all he could, 43 points, 15 of 25 out there, and it still just was not enough for the Pistons. His player of the week, Zadig Bay, only had 12 on 3 of 7 shooting. Anyway, and Wayne Ellington, 2 of 6 from deep. Um, and for Chicago, Zach Levine, 37 points, 5 assists on 14 to 22 shooting. Great game for him. Kobe White, only 3 for 10. That's all he needed to do out there. And Wendell Carter Jr., 18 points and 7 of 9 shooting. Um, Darno, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, you got a good, you know, uh, well, uh, great offensive night from Zach Levine, 37 points. Like you said, he went four or six from three, five or seven from the free throw line. Kobe White was out there. He didn't, you know, perform at the level that you would expect, but they got production out of Patrick Williams and Wendell Carter. 18 from Carter, 15 from Patrick Williams, the rookie. He's been looking, you know, more and more like a, a the player that they expected lately. Thaddeus Young came off the bench, gave got you nine, ten, no seven assists. He's been distributing the ball. He's been playing the three, four, and the five for them off the bench, which is surprising that he has that versatility. Not really because we've seen him do it throughout his career. And for Detroit, they got good scoring out of Grant, but not much out of everybody else. Everyone, you know, was close to double digits, but they just didn't have that extra punch. And Chicago, just one possession – more and that's all they really needed and they got the three point win. Um, you know, the reason I picked the Bulls was because Detroit is a team that, you know, fights real hard, but Chicago fights just as hard. Chicago really like they don't get blown out. Normally they be losing by like one, two points as well. So like, mm-hmm. you know, when it came down to it, I was just like, which of, of the two of the two teams that fight, who's better? And Chicago's just a better team than Detroit. I mean, like as much as much slander as, as anybody wants to put on Zach Levine and whoever else on the team, they're still better than, than the Pistons. So, I mean, I'm going to roll with the Bulls over the Pistons. So that's really what it that's really what it came down to, because Chicago really was down by like 20. It was like, damn. But even then, I was like, they're not losing to these niggas by 20. <laughs> like, they're not that bad. So then, you know, they came stomping back. And again, you know, Levine is like, I th- I believe Levine is fourth in fourth quarter points. So you already know in the fourth quarter, whether the shots are dumb or smart, he, he going to shoot it. Some of them bitches going to go in. So, you know, but really the, the their, their whole lead, eviscerated as soon as halftime ended like they were up like they were up 20 at halftime and by the end of the third I think Chicago was up three <laughs> and I was like damn they really spent the whole lead they really spent the whole quarter losing their entire lead I'm like I'm telling you I think Detroit only scored like eight points in the in the third quarter maybe like 10 Chicago really came back there. Man, I just told you they scored twelve. You gotta start listening. I literally. Just... I can't. The thing, the thing be in and out, so I don't always hear you. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. So Detroit scored twelve in the, in the in the in the third quarter. So Chicago, you know, they went on a huge run, and you know, at the end, Detroit just was Detroit just doesn't have a closer, and. Even if it, whether it's Zach or Kobe or whoever, Chicago at least has somebody that can close. So that's really what it came down to. Because Detroit doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, Detroit sucks. You know, this they can't score. Unless it was Grant. And today, no one else scored. Um, <clears throat> they, I think it might just be time to just go head on and just play Dennis Smith Jr. more. Start him at this point. Who cares? This yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, moving on. The Blazers beat the Pelicans one twenty six one twenty four. Um. Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram both missed game winners at the very end. They didn't get them to fall, and the Blazers hold on. 
Damian Lillard was amazing. 43 points, 16 assists, 14 for 28 from out there. Gary Trent Jr., 23 points, 7 14 as well. Um, and for the Pelicans, it means Zion just keeps trying. 36 points, 6 rebounds, 15 from the free throw line, 12 of 18 from the field. But if Ingram won't give you 4 12, 14 points, minus 13. And Lonzo's a minus 19 out there on 7 14 shooting, just not much you can do. They even got 4 of 6 from JJ Redick and 16 points. And it wasn't enough because the starting guards were just getting killed out there. Um, Darnell, what would you see in this one? Yeah, for the Pelicans, you know, Zion was dominant. It's 36 points. He got to the free throw line 15 times, made 11 of them. But it really came down to he, he was dominant because you look at Portland without having Nurkic out there, they don't have the size to compete with both Adams and Zion. So Zion's going to have his – they're going to – he's going to have his way. But – we know New Orleans can't really guard anybody. They're, they're a terrible defensive team. And they let Damian Lillard get hot, 43.16 assists. We've said it before. When, whenever Gary Trent has good shooting nights, they, they usually win the game. And Carmelo's been solid off the bench. He gave you 12, even though it was 5 of 12 from the field. Didn't really matter because you look at New Orleans and – they only got 16 from Reddick, 11 from Gomez. And, well, actually, they, they got a lot of contribution off the bench. It was really a close game. Just simply came down to them not being able to stop Damian Lillard, and they couldn't convert in the, at the end of the game. I think I see what – did Steven Adams get hurt? Yeah. That's the end of their season. All right. Dom, what would you see out of this one? I mean, you know – Portland, they had the normal offense that they normally have, you know. Lillard, well, it, whether it's Lillard or not, somebody normally at least turns up off, turns up out there. And they had some offense from Trent. They had it from Lillard. Covington's be, been refining his shot, so that's definitely been helpful for them. You know, Derek Jones has been productive out there. But <clears throat> what it came down to for New Orleans, like you said, you know, Zion went out there, gave it everything he had. JJ was actually useful off the bench today. Josh, even though he wasn't able to score, he was still a plus nine out there. And, you know, Lonzo went five of 10 from three. You know, Bledsoe went two of three from three. Lonzo gave you 21. So if Lonzo going to give you 21, Zion going to give you 36. JJ going to give you 16. All eyes are on one person and one person only. And if you're going to be the all-star of the team, you can't go out there four for 12 against a team that can't play defense. And that's really what it came down to. Ingram can't go out there and and only score 14 points when everybody else got it going. Hey, man, everyone been saying on the national, whatever, TV broadcast, man, Ingram has been incredible this year. I just, I just don't see it. Sorry. He's been really good. I don't see incredible. I don't see taking a leap. Because if he was taking a leap, they'd be – over 500 because Zion gives you the same damn thing every night. He's going to give you efficient scores. Yeah. He passing the ball. He's going he to hit about 60% of them. I mean, I don't know what else you want the dude to do. It's going to be it's going to be anywhere between 20 and 40 every night. Yep. And if Ingram was really playing that, I think Ingram is kind of front running right now. I mean, this is a perfect example, actually. You got there, nobody unless unless Covington was locking him down. It's possible, but you still gotta be able to score over Covington. I'm sorry. Yeah, you gotta give me more than four or twelve, man. I need you to score. You have especially to. if JJ and Lonzo gonna give you all the great. They're if they're gonna go nine of sixteen from three together. Especially if it's all that you do. Like, it's the yeah. only thing you're going to do. Can you do it, please? <laughs> like, and he just, no. You know, he's not getting you any rebounds. Not getting you a lot. Gave him six assists. It's kind of a lot for him, actually. But Yeah. Hey, man, I'm telling you, I don't know if it's going to work with him as the two, as the second guy. Because, I mean, if you if you can't work well, with I- Zion right now, I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah, 
I I agree. Like, I didn't know a bunch of people were saying he's taking a leap. He's been literally – his numbers are literally the same as last year. So, if anything, he's – like, he, he had a good season last year, and he's, you know – been producing equal to that so he's still a good player but he hasn't been anything he's he, he's not what he was he's not kd yet if so no, you know he, i don't think i don't think he's gonna be kd he's, ever, he's, yeah, he's not gonna ever be kd i don't i don't see that yeah he's gonna be really good but the problem with so you think- is he just shoot these plays like KD, but again, I told you, playing like yeah, KD has yeah. a negative, and that's sometimes you take shots that all look like they're going to go in, but they don't. You're just inefficient. It's inefficient, you kind of disappear. And if and we and we're seeing on Brooklyn, KD do KD really do be inefficient out there too, right, Whittle? Yep. <laughs> KD be shooting his four fourteens now. Yep. It's just he got a Kyrie and a Harden with him. He's also seven feet tall and can play defense better than Ingram. Strong, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Get you more rebounds and everything like that. Um, looking tough out there, but moving on, the Pacers beat the Timberwolves one thirty four one twenty eight in overtime as they gave Sabonis two free throws because he flopped around late in regulation, hit them both, and then. Anthony Edwards, a three to win the game, goes in and out. <sighs> and the Pacers end up winning it in OT. Um, in this one, Brogdon, 32 points, 12 of 22 shooting. Um, Sabonis, 13 for 21, 36 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, 11 free throws. They really gave him every call. It's embarrassing. I'm mad about it. Um, Towns got more free throws. <laughs> Hey man, Towns is getting fouled, and he only got two in the second half. Towns minus 18, though, eight for 19, 30 points. Beasley off the bench, 13 for 25, 31 points put up. Um, Nas Reed, 18 points, 18 minutes, eight for 14. Kind of wish they would have played him a little bit more. Um, Rubio, career night for him, 20 points, 13 assists. Anthony Edwards, <laughs> minus 23, eight points. For some reason, they like to do with the worst plus minus shoot the game winning shot. Yeah. Then they didn't even get a two when it was a tie game. So, yeah, great. Um, Dom, what were your thoughts on this one? I mean, <clears throat> it, it it was it was funny because Nasri really did go out there, and he was abusing Sabonis. Sabonis was the biggest liability in the first half, like for because like. <laughs> Like like we've said before, he can't play any defense. So like the problem is he can't play no defense. But then again, he the only one that can rebound. So he so <laughs> it really is an issue because he really can't close out because <laughs> then there's nobody else to get the board. But then he's also not fast enough to guard on the pick and roll. So they were just abusing him on that shit the whole first half. But then thankfully they took Nas Reed out the game and they they tried to make Carl do it. And like Carl wasn't what he, I mean he shot like Nas Reed shots two or three from three, but then Carl shot two or seven from three. And then even though Sabonis isn't good at defense, Carl isn't much better. So they really were just going right at each other, <laughs> not not defending each other, really. And then, you know, Sabonis was able to get hot. They got, you know, some good production out of Jeremy Lamb. You know, uh, 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 Aaron Holiday came out there, gave them 15. Drew Holiday, I mean, not Drew, uh, Justin Holiday gave them 11. And, you know, Doug McDermott out there just being a threat. He was a minus 11, but, you know, just the threat of him out there, you know, opens it up for everybody else to shoot a little more. And then, yeah, but for Minnesota, they're not going to win games. when If D'Angelo's going to be gone, they're not going to win any games with Anthony Edwards shooting three for 15 because now that D'Angelo's gone, he has to be the third scorer. Especially with – I mean, Rubio had a really good game for him. And, but I mean, even though he was a minus 10, but you know, they just need more out of Anthony Edwards if they want to, you know, win games. If D'Angelo's going to be out for two months, so 
Darnell, that's my that's my outlook. Darnell, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think the way Don put it was perfect. Like, you got to get more from Anthony Edwards. He's the number one overall pick. He's expected to be the face of the franchise. And with, you know, D'Angelo Russell not out there, they need that extra score. Anytime you get, you know, 18 from Nas Reed, I don't know why in the world Malik Beasley was coming off the bench. But he, he gave came 31. Late. He came late? Yeah, he showed up late. So he wasn't there oh, okay. with, like, when the starters were announced. Oh my God. That's weird. But Carl Anthony Towns gave you 30 and 10. That was Rubio with, I don't know, ever since, the, maybe the maybe the broadcast announcers were on to something because ever since that day, Rubio's been getting better and better every game. And he finally yeah. exploded for 20 and 13 with one turnover, which is amazing. But, you know, without Anthony Edwards out there, the, the pieces don't really fit and the puzzle's not solved. You know, you mean D'Angelo. I mean, no, Anthony Edwards not out there producing at the level that we expect him to. Oh, okay. The pieces, you know, it's not it's not gonna work. He needs to be the number one option at times and defer to Malik Beasley in other times. Car Anthony Towns can play off of those two. I think I don't think he should, you know try to be Joel and beat or anything. And, you know, the Pacers, they got McDermott back. That was good for them. They got 30 solid minutes, even though he was a minus 11, like you said. Sabonis and Brogdon, they proved that they can carry them on nights against bad teams, even though we know against the better teams, they're going to need to have more balanced scoring. 36 out of Sabonis, 32 out of Brogdon. The most important free throws from Sabonis. Got them, you know, W. Yeah. Yep. Uh, big win for the Pacers. They need to win this one. I didn't think they were going to. But they pull it out uh, thanks to those free throws. And speaking of free throws, the Wizards end up beating the Nuggets 130-128. They wanted to lose this game so bad. They had a 10-point lead down the stretch, and then Russ started doing Russ things. For Tons, though, is going to save the day. 35 points uh, for him. Nine of 11 from the three-point line. Eight for eight from the free throw line, including getting fouled in a 125 all game because Michael Porter Jr. sucks. And then after that, Bradley, well, Jamal Murray goes down, hits a big-time three to tie the game up, 128 all. Bradley Bill goes to the baseline, gets fouled, questionable call, but he goes to the free throw line and hits both. And the Wizards end up winning. I said it last time it was their third row. I was wrong. This one, though, their third in a row. Big game. Big win for them. Um, for the Nuggets, Jokic, 12 of 21, 33 points, nine assists. Murray, 13 for 25, 35 points, six assists, nine rebounds. They just couldn't really get that help from anywhere else. Um, and for the Wizards, Hey, man, Bradley Beal, 8 for 20, kind of a struggle game for him, 25 points, 10 assists. Russ, 8 turnovers, 12 points, 12 assists, 13 rebounds, 515. But, again, Bertans led the way. Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Came down to Bertans going 9 of 11 from the three-point line off the bench, 8 for 8 from the free throw line, 35 points. The other, other players off the bench, you got 9 from Lopez, 14 from Nato. 10 from Lynn. Those are numbers that starters put up. And, you know, Bradley Bills gave you his 25 triple-double from Russell Westbrook. That's the type of scoring that Washington is going to need to, to beat teams. And for Denver, you know, they got their scoring from Murray and Jokic, but you look at, again, you look at Michael Porter says, you say, where are you? You're supposed to be that guy that's supposed to be elevating until the next level this year. And giving them more than, you know, low teens in scoring. Like, you should be up there in the 20-point-plus range. I think he's underperforming this year a little bit. And Denver's struggling a little bit. They're barely over 500. I think I think they, they need a lot more from the bench. They need Will Barton to come back. They need Paul Millsap to come back maybe that additional scoring to get them out of this slump. But, 
give credit to Washington. They've been, you know, three straight, like you said. They started out, looked like they were going to be a dumpster fire, but maybe it's not as bad as we all thought. No, it's that bad. Um, <laughs> not more your thoughts. Yeah, I went. Yeah, I agree. They they just they've just beat really bad teams recently. But um, you you were blaming on Michael Porter Jr.'s offense. I'm like, I just watched that dude score zero. So I mean, him scoring 14 off five out of off. 11. You know, uh, I said not one word about his offense. I said Bertans got to the no, not game. you, no Dar- Dar- no Darnell said no. I did, I did say that as offense. Sorry, I'm defensive today because I'm mad. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame his offense necessarily last night, but the defense really was what ruined everything because they kept yeah. like Bert, really Bertans hitting every three was just crazy because he was. They were in his face and he was still shooting that shit right over everybody and making it. But then. When he when he would miss it, they would foul him every time. It was like damn, like like, and then the but and then the uh what what really sealed what really sealed the game was Michael Porter Jr. Um, what's it called? Bertans. So so it, I think I think Washington was either down three. No no no, it was tied. So then, yeah, it was tied. So then. They were trying to give the the ball to either uh, Beal or – well, Russ had the ball. He was trying to give it to Beal because, you know, Russ already did some dumb shit and almost ruined the game. But, you know, he gave it to Beal, and then Beal was getting, you know, double team and triple team like he was all night. So he passed the ball to Bertans, and the Bertans, he was, he was deep as fuck. And then, you know, somebody stepped out there to guard him, but then Michael Porter Jr. stepped right out there with him, and for no reason he pushed him. He pushed him right on the side and got three free throws. And then again, J- uh, Jamal Murray came right down. You know, he he he, he had a he had a, a step back three with nobody in his face because the Nuggets can't play defense, but neither can the Wizards. So he had a wide open three. And then at the end, you know, Russell and Brown hit the ball to to Bradley Bill. He went down to the he went down to the basket. He flopped. He got his free throws with only point one second left. And then he made them, but yeah, it just came down to. I mean, the Nuggets were just on the end of a back-to-back, and I just saw them lose to a trash-ass team. So I was like, you know what? They, I, I have no, I don't have faith in this team either. Washington's at least on like a winning streak right now, so you know, I just had a little more faith in Washington. But Westbrook really was trying his hardest to give this bitch right away. <laughs> he, but the thing was, the thing with Westbrook is, he, he is, he is, he is the problem, but he can be the solution at times as well. Cause there were, cause his rebounding really is amazing. That's really what it comes down to. He really does rebound the ball with the best of them. And he saved the ball on so many occasions where, like, he had four offensive rebounds, but those offensive rebounds were really clutch out there. And he was like saving the ball from going out of bounds type things. Like it was, he was really a great hustle player out there. It was just the turnovers. Like he was really turning the ball over at awful moments that was about to give the ball away. And you know how he takes his dumbass pull up jumpers and clanks them every time. <laughs> there were so many plays where Bill was wide open, and then Westbrook would just go out there and shoot a three or shoot a or shoot a what's it called a pull up jumper. But yeah, I mean. These are two bad teams, but Washington was a little, you know, they were a little less tired. They didn't just play a back-to-back. And they just had more contribution, you know, from their out, the players outside of Westbrook and Beal. And it's not even the players. It was all Bertans, so. And this wasn't, yeah, this wasn't less tired. Nothing to do with fatigue. Man fell out there, flopped at the beginning of the play, didn't get the call, went over there, and then they called a bad foul. That's how they won the game. Plus, again, fuck all that. Hey, man, you got to get it. Fuck all that fatigue shit. Nuggets had a 20-point lead. Mike Nolan just choked it up for no reason at all. Just let your – That is true as well. Because they came out with a 20-point lead in the first quarter, and he just watched it all go right away. Watch you think you think Dwayne Casey 
You think Dwayne Casey did the same thing in the in the Pistons Bulls game? I mean, I feel like in the third quarter it's a little different because like your starters are out there. Grant was out there. He just couldn't score anymore. He probably had a hot hand in the first and just couldn't score. But in the second, it's mm-hmm. because it's your rotation that does it. He, he, yeah. he watched Bertans be on fire and did nothing about it the whole game. And then he knew that Jokic was the whole offense. He didn't put him back in. Ugh, frustrating. Mad. Yeah. It was supposed to be a nice, easy win, and they just fucked it all up. Made it close. Once it got close, I was like, well, here we go. We were a 20-point lead to the Washington Wizards. Bro, I just saw him lose to the bum-ass Boston Celtics. I was they like, lost. oh, Denver sucks. Man, they lost, but this is a little different. They weren't up 20. Yeah. With Kemba are a solid team. They're not like the Wizards. Plus, that wasn't his fault. Michael Porter had zero that game. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael Porter really missed every single shot. Dude wants points. I can't really blame the coach for that. He was trying to hide him. <laughs> oh, but Michael Porter, by the way, he is not excuse. He was taking really dumb shots late for no reason. He took he one was. when there was just no, absolutely no reason to do it. So the point where Tom was like, we have a Russell Westbrook, but you have one too. <laughs> that's really, that's, rebound. that's so. really what it came down to. Ours can, ours can just rebound the ball because them dumb, bro. The problem with those dumbass shots is that they're essentially turnovers too. Yeah, like they they don't show up as turnovers. But when Westbrook takes a stupid ass shot like that, or Michael Porter takes a stupid ass shot like that, like that that's basically a turnover. It was, like, so bad. There was, like, an absolutely no reason to shoot it. But anyway. It's because he's baby KD. Whatever. He's baby Brandon Ingram. That's what he is. <laughs> and moving on, man. Is there another game? Nope. Oh. Um, Darnell, game of the night, player of the night, coach of the night, dickhead of the day. So, for my player of the night, I got to go with Damian Lillard. 43 points and 16 assists, 7 to 16 from the three-point line. My game of the night, I'm going to go with Portland, New Orleans as well. And for my coach of the night, I have to go with – it's going to be a tough one. My coach of the night – you know what? I think I know who I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Orlando, and I'm gonna go with Steve Clifford. Orlando winning over the Knicks, slowing down Julius Randle, holding them to under 90 points. I'm gonna give him coach of the night. For my dickhead of the day, I'm going to go with. It's gonna be a tough one, as well. I have no idea where I want to go. A lot of stupid people out there last night. It was. I'm going to go with... I got to go with... I don't know, man. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to go last. Got you. Dom? All right. My player of the night is Davis Bertans of the Washington Wizards. My um, game of the night will be... Also, the um, Denver Nuggets versus the Washington Wizards. My coach of the night, <clears throat> honestly, is between the two former OKC coaches because they both erased twenty point leads. And I think I'm gonna go with um, I think I'm gonna go with Billy Donovan for this one, and for for Chicago. And um, my dickhead of the day. Hmm. I would say I'm a, I'm a I don't have one. I, I already know who you're gonna say. I'm gonna let you take the shine because I know you're gonna go in. So I want I'm a, I'm gonna let you give it to Mike. I'm gonna let you give it to Mike Malone. So <laughs> let you go right ahead. Let you go right ahead and turn up. I'm not giving it to Mike Malone. Anyway, uh, well I'll give it to Mike Malone for 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 not adjusting when you're watching a 20 point lead dwindle. 
player of the night, I'm going to go Dante Sabonis because he gets shit on all the time this podcast. So if he actually gives you a good game where he gives you 38, triple-double, and assists and flops for 11 free throws, hey, man, he earned it. Um, game of the night, I'm going to go Nuggets, Wizards. Uh, it's always a fun one when Brad and Russ are out there in a close Yeah, game. for sure. Um, coach of the night, ugh. I don't want to give it to any of these people. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Steve Kerr, man. He actually oh my. <laughs> found a way to beat the Heat. I mean, the other Heat sucked, but he found a way to do it because Draymond wanted to take a stand or whatever and not tell anyone he got hurt until two seconds before the game started. And my dickhead of the day, giving it to Anthony Edwards. Because I just know his personality. And for some reason, you give, you give it to the coaching staff too, Ryan Stevens, but whatever the fuck. The man with minus 20 really in a tie ball game shot a three for no reason at all. None. Zero. So. Oh. <clears throat> no, he don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why he's a dickhead. That's why he's my dick out of the day. I understand exactly. It's <laughs> the perfect reason to come to the this day. <laughs> You probably wear it with pride. So there you go. <laughs> you know he wears it. He said, I love some free promo. <laughs> One dickhead of the day, so I'm going to give it to him. Right there. He love it. some free promo. <laughs> 14 over three from deep and said, you know what I need to do? I need to take a three-pointer right now. <laughs> Just because if I make it, Twitter is going to love me. <laughs> Asshole. All right, man. Um, moving on. Oh, three games tonight. Got Milwaukee Raptors, Lakers Nets on TNT, and Heat Kings. Of course. So they get the good games. The one that ESPN should have taken last time. Fox Raptors. So. Hey, man, thank you guys so much for listening and for Darnell and Dom. This is Demetrius, and I hope you enjoyed. Next time. Triple D's deuces.